0: Hey, it's Chris, the Supply Chain Doctor and host of Supply Chain is Boring, bringing insight into the history of supply chain management and exposing you to some of the industry's thought leaders and driving forces. In this part one of a two-part series, we sat down with Rodney Apple, a longtime supply chain recruiter and career coach, and fellow podcast host, to learn more about careers in supply chain management. It all sounds pretty boring. Let's see if Rodney can prove me wrong. If you enjoy the content on Supply Chain is Boring, be sure to subscribe and leave feedback wherever you listen to your podcasts. Rodney, you've been a, a staple in the supply chain recruiting space since I met you back in the, I'd say early 2000s now. I'd like to know more about what you're doing, especially around your podcasting and your new company, but can, can we go back a little bit, uh, maybe take a few minutes to tell the audience who is Rodney Apple? Maybe where you're from, your career progression, and, and why you've stuck it out so long in this boring supply chain field.
1: Thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited to uh, you know share my story and hopefully some tidbits of advice and wisdom that can help your audience. Yeah, I got my career is right after graduating UNC Wilmington, uh, environmental studies degree, which has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing now. And I know that's not uncommon uh, for people to switch gears. And you know, I kind of stumbled into recruitment through just a friend that graduated a year ahead of me. And he was business administration wanted to build a career in sales, which he actually did. He's very good at it. And uh, he went to Atlanta, joined a staffing company uh, called Aerotech. They were starting up an environmental staffing division, which I thought was unique. I was having trouble finding my first position with zero experience. And he uh, went down, interviewed, got the position. Um, My My thought process back then was, I'll I'll get into this space and, uh, you know, meet some other environmental professionals and companies, and maybe that can help transition into an environmental career. Uh, What I found is that I really enjoyed, you know, recruitment, and I'll spare all the details, but did that for a few years. I did a lot of energy and environmental. Always thought I would start a business. I had the bug early on. I wanted to run my own show, be my own boss. So at the age of maybe 25-ish. Uh, sought out to uh, to do just that. And uh, one of the folks I worked with uh, went into corporate. Uh, we were working together at the age of 22 in recruiting, and he went into corporate. And it was with Anderson Consulting, which is now Accenture after the Enron uh, scandal. And they were building their first, you know, management consulting practice around supply chain back in those days. So I think those started maybe 20 or so years, maybe you know, 25 years ago, somewhere around there. And they, you know, got me a uh, first contract. Uh, and then I took that and leveraged it to get one with, I think it was Price Waterhouse Coopers. I, I forget. They've changed names a couple of times uh, at the time. And uh, my parents said, don't do it, son. You're, you know, and I thought I knew everything. And I quickly found out I didn't. <laughs> didn't have enough money the bank. Didn't have enough knowledge of supply chain. It was just becoming popular back then or starting to. And then I think most importantly, didn't really have, you know, the the networks. LinkedIn certainly didn't exist. Uh, Honestly, the internet barely existed. (laughs) So I I failed. I lost every uh, bit of money, what little money I'd saved at the time. And it was a humbling experience. I was living in Wrightsville Beach, you know, near where I went to college there in UNC Wilmington. Got in the car, drove down uh, to Atlanta and really to start over, I said, you know, lessons learned, let's get back into it. And my experience was all recruitment. So tried IT, couldn't stand it. It was right around Y2K. <laughs> and then I uh, got a call from a friend at Home Depot. He was at their corporate office. He was there on a contract recruiting in the IT space and said they were looking to put a new organization, a whole new department in place called Supply Chain. And he said, hey, I, we can't, you know, I'm trying to help them find somebody and you know, we can't find a, not even the recruiter that knows what Supply Chain is here in Atlanta. And uh, understand you've got a little bit of experience. And so fast forward, it was enough to get in the door there and went on to build uh, that very first supply chain department as a, a VP of supply chain, a director of centralized replenishment, because everything was uh, decentralized at the time. And we had 11 supply chain managers to correspond with the 11 merchandising departments. Uh, so that's really where it all started. And I'll never forget walking in the door there and, and really getting my feet wet and and I just knew at the time, the light bulb went off, like this supply chain stuff's going to be huge. You know, sitting down with the SVP and, and kind of some folks on the leadership team and going through a PowerPoint and looking at things that Walmart was doing and Target. And, and they were clearly so behind the times, even as a fortune 13 corporation growing at a tremendous rate. Uh, and I envisioned coming in the door, this is going to be best in class everything if they're a fortune 15. And what I found was an incredible story, incredible culture, incredible growth, uh, but from a process, you know, systems and all that, and especially supply chain, it was. They were just opening up distribution centers, warehouses, right and left, just to keep up. So fascinating story. That team that I did put in place, um, they they developed kind of the framework for the centralized inventory and replenishment, uh, you know, the RDC network that you find today. Um, It just took a while to to get there and and build that out. It had a big price tag behind it, but it certainly has paid dividends. And I'm, you know, you fast forward to today and then, you know, Home Depot is crushing it when it comes to their supply chain. So that's how it all started. and I fell in love with
0: it. If I can just reminisce just a bit. So who are you working with at, at the Home Depot? That was before Mark Holyfield's time. Is that right?
1: It was. You know, I called Mark about the position. I spoke with him and it, it just wasn't the right timing. He wasn't interested. It was actually a pretty challenging role to fill for whatever reason. So I was working with Wayne Gibson. He was the SVP oh, Wayne, of yeah. logistics at the and time. He, and he, he left and went to Dollar General. Is that right? Or I, no, I, yeah. that was Lee 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 Banlow. Lee Banlow. Uh, he was okay. the VP of transportation and uh, at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, yeah, it was a great team. It was a really great team. And from there, you know, it, the guy that hired me there his name's John Goldberg. He, he went over to Coca-Cola to lead their executive recruitment. And he slowly started picking off my peers, my recruiter peers at Home Depot. And one day I just happened to catch up with him and said, Hey, uh, when are you going to, you know, when are you going to give me a call? I wouldn't mind making a move. He called me and said, Hey, we've got an opening here. It's in manufacturing. I said, yeah, I haven't really done any manufacturing (laughs) recruitment, but Hey, I'm willing to give it a shot. If you guys are willing to give me a shot and he goes, yeah, you did great work over there at Home Depot, and I'm sure you can do the same here. So went in, interviewed, got the role. I had 22 factories across North America, you know, all, you know, everything inside the four walls at the salary level, production, maintenance, engineering, quality, and so forth, up to plant managers, and then the corporate support team as well. So did that for a year or two, and then uh, my counterpart that had the rest of the supply chain and the rest of the functions left the company, and I inherited the whole thing. I kept the 22 factories. Uh, I had all of logistics, which Chris Gaffney ran at the time, uh, sourcing and procurement, you know, multiple billion dollars in spend, direct and indirect. I had global quality, um, and then I had the continuous improvement team, plus all of the planning functions, demand through, you know, supply and so forth. So busy uh, role. (laughs) They were acquiring quite a few companies back in those days. It was a great experience to go from retail into kind of fast-moving consumer goods, food, beverage. And from there, I inherited the global supply chain as well. And so that was really interesting. It was a lot lot of folks, more internal consultants to the different operating units around the globe, Uh, a lot of optimization work and trying to harmonize the different countries on SAP. I know SAP is one of the world's largest SAP shops. So so that uh, went on for about seven years, and uh, I left right when they decided to merge the kind of the supply chain functions for North America with Coca-Cola Enterprises. Uh, they started acquiring the bottlers to, um, to, to do an even better job of harmonizing the systems and process uh, and so forth. And then you've seen in the last year or two, they've re- been refranchising uh, those bottlers out to uh, independent owners. So I uh, left there. Uh, once, that, once that was announced, I said, probably time for me to, um, to move on. And I was planning to, to start the recruiting business again, too. Oh, eight came along the crash. And I said, yeah, I better stay here. At Coke. People are going to continue to drink Coca-Cola. And, and I stayed busy. The supply chain never stops, as you know, right. Uh, I knew that I had to get out from the ivory towers. I was working there pretty much every day. And so I wanted to get into a remote virtual position so I could start putting the building blocks, um, to do the part two of, of, of the supply chain recruiting business. Yeah, and so I ventured out, uh, did Kimberly Clark for about a year, you know, leading their supply chain recruitment. And then I got a call from an ex- recruiter I worked with at Coke who went to Cummins and they were doing a transformation, building a COE that needed some support there. So I did that. I wanted to get some industrial automotive, you know related experience, you know kind of outside of more consumer facing industries. So that was a great experience, you know highly engineered machine goods, things like that. And after that, I left Atlanta, met my wife there, moved to Asheville, and here I am today. Uh, we've been going about 10 years. We've um, got a boutique size. I've stayed to my I stick. I stick to my roots, Chris. It's you know mainly focus on shippers. We're fairly industry agnostic. Um, I've touched just about every industry at this point, and I've done everything there is you know inside of that supply chain umbrella to the tune of. I mean, I I stopped counting when I got past a 1,000, you know, professional and executive roles, but it's, I I guess, 1,500 at this point, (laughs) mainly salary, leadership, you know, on up to the C-suite. And then we've got uh, a team that's really centered around, you know, end-to-end supply chain, but we've got specialists inside of a supply chain generalist firm, if that makes sense. So recruiters are aligned by function. My belief system there is uh, with all the talent shortages, if you're focused on, if your recruiters are kind of segmented by function, you're going to understand that function better and you're going to get to know more people and build more relationships. But in tandem with that, I want our team to be end to end and broad focused. And it takes years to get to that point to where you're really good at it and have a really good network. So we rotate it, you know, other roles outside of their assigned areas. So somebody's got logistics, we'll throw them a procurement role, we'll throw them a planning role. And over time, uh, they become better suited to handle anything in the supply chain, uh, and they're working across industries, so that's that's kind of the the core of of the business, and really focused on high quality, and speed. Um, may not be the cheapest solution, but we strive to be the best.
0: What's a COE?
1: Oh, sorry, uh, Center of Excellence. Okay. Uh, they were just putting that into place. To yeah, I look at that as you know another type of internal consulting organization that really looks forward into the future. So you've got that strategic element. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got what is the best process for planning? What is the best tool? You know, really trying to build out better capability within the organization. Very much different than having, you know, continuous improvement team. Yeah. Uh, so we had those teams at Coca-Cola. We had uh, just remembering some of the people in those groups. They'd usually rotate, you know, some of the high-performing internals in for a year or two and then rotate them back out into the business. So. Uh, but, keep that fresh perspective yeah but yeah you know, we went I can't I lost track of the transformations that uh, yeah. that we worked on it, it you know in my corporate days uh, every year too at Coke it seemed like we were doing a transformation I still think they're doing that to this day but it's you know it, it brings up the point supply chain is always evolving and mm-hmm. you cannot just uh, rest on your laurels you've got to be thinking ahead and looking at what your competitors are doing and you've got to you know, look at the advancements in technology and determine how can they be applied to my business or not, you know, and I apply the same rigor to our recruitment business. Uh, We're on our third website, maybe looking at a fourth, you know, we're always innovating and always trying to continuously improve Uh, the, the old, this is the way we've always done it. That doesn't work in supply chain and, and it doesn't work in the talent space either. You know, you've got to be looking ahead. We, We love to pivot when we think of a new idea. We're just a big laboratory over here. So we invest heavily in marketing and uh, really just trying to attract the right talent and and get better at uh, at delivering, you know, the right talent to our clients, which spreads across a wide swath of of industries and you know company sizes from initial startups to we still work with large corporations, but primarily are working with small to mid-sized companies these days.
0: It's changed my perspective on recruiting, Rodney. I mean, I've, I've always thought it's. I don't want to say the traditional headhunter, right? You know, where you're just viewing people with dollars on their back. And if you're helping people with things like center of centers of excellence, you have to be pretty strategic. I would imagine.
1: You know uh, every search is different and that's the way I treat it. And uh, I think a lot of recruiters will, they'll, they'll take a search assignment and they'll just look at the old job description and have a very high level overview of what are the key skills uh, we take a much different approach. Uh, obviously, when you work inside of the corporations, you know, you better know their business. <laughs> so as supply chain touches every aspect of uh, a business, as does finance, you know, you really have to take a, a, an approach of under, you have to understand broader business. You have to understand all the functions. You have to understand, you know, their supply chain network, how it's structured. Do they outsource production? Do, you know, do they outsource logistics? Where are their customers? What is their go-to-market strategy? You know, uh, what are their opportunities? What's keeping them up at night? Are they having a transformation? You know, so you really have to understand the big picture before you dive down into the role description. So we take a holistic view. Where have you been? Where are you at today? Where do you want to grow to tomorrow? Um, then we will drop down into the department, you know, understanding key stakeholders. And then you have to look outside. It's the supply chain touches everything from raw material suppliers through the end customers. So you just have to understand how that stuff works in every company then then you look at okay let's talk about the traits i mean those all that stuff's important my biggest question though is what are the key objectives and deliverables do you want this person to tackle so i try to find candidates that match i call it kind of the supply chain uh, i was trying there's, there's not a term for it but i think i use scope complexity a lot trying to find candidates that match into that and, and then you find candidates that can achieve the deliverables that you want and if you can do those two things the odds of success are high. And I don't, when I say success, they get the job, but they also stick around and they add
0: value. I can hear it in your voice. You've got a lot of, when I say empathy, I mean, you've got a lot, of, as well as passion for helping people.
1: Yeah, that's the, to me, and I, you know, if you've listened to any of my webinars, um, that's one thing I, 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 I preach and just about all of them is, yeah, you can call it networking, but to me, it's, it's, uh, it's trying to find ways to help others and and giving back. And if you can, if you make that your mantra uh, in life, uh, it does come back full circle. Uh, So many recruiters look at candidates, they they get into this business thinking, I'm gonna make a fortune and they focus on the transaction and and they don't think long-term or strategically about building their network and their relationships. And so that's the approach I've taken. um, And I've taken that, I mean, really uh, my whole career, I, I try to help, I can't help everybody. Um, I learned that the hard way, you know, you try to help every candidate that comes along. And then next thing you know, oh, I've got some searches to fill, my clients are going to be angry. So you have to balance the time. And I think that's why recruiters get a bad reputation. I reached out to Rodney Apple, he never got back to me. And you know, it's not that I did that on purpose. It's just we're always super busy. And, you know, clients pay the fees, and we have to service the clients. Um, But at the same time, in tandem with that, you know, you've got to take care of your candidates. And I think That's why I developed these outlets starting out with blogging. You know, I have the Supply Chain Talent blog. I think it's on year, I don't know, 11 or 12. I forget, somewhere around there. And, you know, we've kind of morphed that into uh, other forms of content. Uh, Years ago, uh, Apex had had reached out. uh, I have a group on LinkedIn called Supply Chain Recruiters. And I started that back when I think was at Home Depot. You know, I purposely reached out and tried to build a network of peers so we could share exchange ideas and things like that. and, and I've, you know, got that outlet. Uh, Apex came along, somebody posted, can you help us out with an article? And I responded and they looked at my background and said, well, hey, we used to have a career coach. And uh, would you have any interest in doing that? And I uh, said, okay, well, what's that entail? What's the work and how much time? And, you know, it was really, you know, quarterly webinars and attending the conference to help coach student scholars. So that's where it all started. And that I looked at it as like, wow, this is You know, I I try to help more people. You know, only so much time in the day to talk to candidates one-on-one. So I looked at it as giving me an enormous platform what do they have 45,000 or so members around the globe. And so, you know, did that for about seven years. And, you know, I kept trying to think of what what else can we do? So we started doing webinars, you know, at SCM Talent Group, started doing video and just, you know, trying to spread the the help around in, in the different formats, you know, social media, and then about a year ago, a um, guy that I placed at, at Apex, uh, Mike Ogle, who uh, teaches supply chain, he's got a PhD, reached out and said, hey, I've got an idea. One thing I've learned in my academic experience is that we, we, try, we, we try our best to prepare students, you know, in terms of in equipping them with the right knowledge, take on um, in the professional world. But, you know, sometimes universities may not do the greatest job of of uh, preparing them for launching a career and uh, thought about putting this guide together. And so we, you know, that's something that we talked about a year ago. And then it morphed into a multi faceted business called supplychaincareers.com. And so we recently launched that. And again, it's just an extension of what I've been doing, you know, the blog, the career coach worked for APEX for almost seven years. And then now um, I'm trying to centralize this body of work into one place because right now it exists, but it's very fragmented. You find pieces of this career development advice geared towards supply chain professionals in many areas, um, but there's really not a central place. And so we um, wanted to close that gap. And again, just going back to doing our little part to help this industry thrive, to help professionals um, give them some advice, help them, whether it's launching their career or optimizing their resume or LinkedIn profile or negotiating a better offer, Getting their first job, and then from there, what do you do? Uh, what do you do? I, you know, uh, how do you make, get that promotion? How do you move your way up to the height of your career goals? Uh, for some people, they, you know, they want to be an individual contributor. Others want to be a chief supply chain officer, and others want to go above that and be a COO or a CEO. And so that's the kind of advice that we put out. Um, you know, one day I was sitting there with a marketing person. This is a couple of years ago, maybe three and i said you know we've got a lot of content here uh, there's not really a book out there on on uh, supply chain careers that talks about all this stuff plenty of books plenty on how do you design a better process you know a better system but not much on the career side and so you know we've been wor- i've been working on this book <laughs> it's been a long project we keep adding to it because supply chain keeps changing and we keep coming up with content but it it, it I, I put it on the shelf during the pandemic to work on the overall supply chain careers business. And now that we've launched that, I'm circling back to the book and uh, hope to get that out here in the next few months. It's been a long journey. was hoping to do that. And then the pandemic came along and then this idea came along. And so we wanted to take advantage of that and uh, and put all of our effort there. And the book is a, is a key piece of that. Uh, we've also got a podcast called the Supply Chain Careers Podcast, and it is really focused on the people and talent side. We wanted to be somewhat unique, and then stick in the same vein that we've been in with developing professional development, career development, and then the other side of that, too, and uh, how can we help companies build better organizational capability, attract talent, get better at that, source, hire, um, and then once you get them in the door, you know, what are some ideas to develop um, and move them up through the organization, um, and and obviously uh, retention. You want to retain talent. You've got to develop them. And to and move them up, and help them hit their goals, and that helps with the retention, of course. So anyway, I'll pause there. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of full circle of, uh, you know, trying to think of what else could we do, you know, in terms of formats of content. I think we've checked all the boxes here with a podcast and a book, a blog. Anyway, I'm going to continue this journey and uh, and continue to help as many people as I can because I tell you, supply chain is the most diverse function. And uh, of any business function, from my perspective, you could argue engineering is pretty diverse. You could argue information technologies, and it is, and, and, but I think it's, and I'm biased, of course, right? But I think, I think it's uh, rapidly evolving, and you look at the career paths, they are tremendous. They are broad, they are diverse, and they are constantly evolving and changing. And so, you know, we just want to help people get off on the right foot, and whenever they need help, they can turn to
0: us for that type of help. A new career path coming down the pike is uh, supply chain engineer, kind of becomes a hybrid of all the other engineering curricula and combines it into a supply chain focus. And I heard you talk about it in in one of your many videos on on the internet, whether it's YouTube or something else that you publish. So if anybody's interested or or just listening, they can check you out there. Just type in Rodney Apple Supply Chain and you'll get plenty of things to listen to. But I was listening to one you know, you talk about how many of the universities now have programs specifically for supply chain. That's becoming more popular as well, whether it's University of Tennessee, Georgia Tech, Michigan State, et cetera.
1: It's a good point. I remember, you know, when I started out, I, you know, I had to do college recruiting professional and executive. I was a one person show back at Home Depot. And, uh, you know, uh, when you're in that size of a company, it's pretty easy to make friends uh, on the outside. And when I say that, I mean, you know, with the universities. And so uh, obviously Michigan State you've got UT, Penn State and and so forth. But really there were. I want to say six core universities that offered supply chain or related programs back in those days. I'm kind of going off memory here. Funny, I was with supply chain careers. We were the new business. We were trying to calculate how many universities are out there that teach supply chain or something closely related. And I, I want to say we just in the United States, it was maybe 150 or so. So maybe somebody could double check the math there, but imagine in 20 years, six or so, to well over 100, you mm-hmm. can easily say that. That proves that supply chain is a rapidly growing, and you know, not just in I look at it as both a, uh, interconnected, integrated functions, and then you've got the the industry side, the service providers, whether it's consulting, technology, you know, logistic service providers, 3PLs, you know, that whole area is exploding, uh, especially on the technology side. So the career paths continue to broaden. They they continue to become more diverse. And uh, it it can be challenging starting out, right? When you build a career, but um, it's I'm glad to see the universities are helping. Again, we're all doing our part to prepare people for a career in supply chain
0: and to help them advance. That's really what we're all about, right? Yeah, you know, you know, and you know it's relevant, Rodney. When Gartner, for example, has rankings of the top programs in the country from an education standpoint, that's pretty that's pretty unique. It
1: is. It is and we keep a close eye on that. Fascinating to see, you know, the movement. Uh, Michigan State's been uh, dominating (laughs) uh, for many years, and uh, Arkansas has come along, and we actually interviewed, you know, Brian Fugit, one of our first podcast episodes at Supply Chain Careers, and as the department chair, and it's just fascinating to, I was really curious to learn, you know, what have they been doing uh, there on the inside, and, you know, they've got a pretty impressive lab there. They're playing around with a lot of the latest technologies, blockchain and, you know, things like that. And they, of course, do a lot of work with largest corporation in their backyard and that's tight collaborations there. So it's just, uh, it's really cool to see that movement too, where you're partnering with industry and really making sure that we're preparing the students for the careers of not just today, but tomorrow, starting to move in that direction. That yeah, that's was one good- of the biggest complaints I used to hear about is, you know, students come out and by the time they get out, it takes a lot of time to developed them on the tools and technology. But nowadays, you're, you know, you're learning that stuff uh, in school, the latest and greatest, typically. So that's a, that's a, that's a great thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what the gentleman, Brian Fugate, I listened to that episode, which is a good episode, by the way. And he talks about how they have such an emphasis on internships and practical experience while they're in university.
1: You know, one of the things uh, I did not do (laughs) back in college, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't like a you know, major requirement, but these days it's, it's paramount. If you don't get it, uh, you probably aren't going to get recruited or lured away from some of the marquee or better employers. I'm not saying that's a, a given rule, but it certainly makes it easier if you get the right internship. It doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be something right in the wheelhouse of where you're building your career, but just having them and, and getting good experience so you can put them on your resume and speak to them in an interview is, is uh,
0: more than half the battle. And one more validation point for the, the growing emphasis of supply chain in the academic world is, you know, Rodney, I'm I'm pretty active with Apex in the Southeast. It's very frequently now, I would say once every other month, I'm getting contacted by a professor, a new professor at a new at a university. And he's a supply chain guy and he's trying to create a program, whether it's starting a student chapter or creating a full curricula. So I, I you know, whether it's like I said, Florida. Just recently, Florida Gulf Coast University. I mean, who would imagine, right? (laughs) And then uh, another one locally here in Atlanta, our our Alabama Tuskegee University. They're they're interested. And then I'm working with you know obviously Georgia Tech and then the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. It's driven by demand, right? The students, companies want jobs, or companies have jobs, and they need to train those uh, students for those jobs. So
1: that's exactly right, and it's good to see. uh, They, you know, if you. Google the term supply chain talent or supply chain talent wars, talent gaps, you know, you'll find a plethora, plethora of articles on this topic spanning back, you know, 10 plus years. And it's, you know, a lot of the experts have been predicting that uh, there's going to be a, a major talent war. And I really think we're starting to enter into that time timeframe. Um, it's always been a probably more jobs than people. IT is, uh, it's nothing like IT though. It's, that's on a whole other planet, but I, I feel like supply chain is heading in that direction where it's just extreme demand and not enough supply, but I think we're doing the right things, and we have been for the last you know, 10 years, uh, knowing that if we don't invest into educating future workforce of the supply chain, if we don't start doing that, not just college, but we've got to start moving downward and get people excited all the way through, you know, down to the K through 12 levels. And I know Apex has done some great work. ASCM has done great work in that area with building some curriculum and some games that, that kids can play to learn what supply chain is all about. Not the beer game, of course, that everyone knows about, but maybe they should make a non-alcoholic version of that game. But they do have that and it, it is getting pushed out. And um, the pandemic wreaked a lot of havoc and it still is across the globe, um, both from a personal, I mean, it's, you know, from a jobs perspective, the uh, economy Uh, really everything, right? But, you know, the silver lining there is that it's been all over the news for the past, you know, call it 12 to 16, 12 to 18 months. And so nowadays, I know when I tell people what I did, at least for the first 10 years in supply chain recruitment, people look at me like supply chain and, you know, the deer in the headlights look. And now when I say it, oh yeah, 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 I know what that is. So uh, that's the silver lining. I think it took a pandemic though to really bring the full spotlight onto the career side and the career paths and what is supply chain. So, so that's the good thing that, uh, and now we can build
0: upon that and and try to get more people into this exciting career because we're going to need it. Yeah. Rodney, just another validation point on there in terms of the popularity of supply chain management. I was probably 2019, 2020, early 2020, I started, I was doing tweet. I was tweeting about supply chain because I figured you want to be unique in that space. At that time, Rodney, I was, you know, I was struggling to find a topic to talk about once a week, and then all of a sudden, you know, the pandemic occurred, and it's on the news every day. The governments are talking about it, and now I could tweet two or three times a day about supply chain and, and not have a problem finding anything. So that's just the popularity that we're seeing in, in our space. You know,
1: I, I'm a big reader. I need to get better at catching up on the many books on my bookshelf, but I do digest a lot of content from the internet. You know, I use a tool called Feedly. It, Feedly.com. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful tool. If anybody ever used Google Reader, they kind of took over as that number one player in the space, uh, which is basically RSS aggregator. And so you put in some search terms, it'll show you all the trade journals and blogs that are out there. You can sign up. It'll notify you when there's new articles and get it on your desktop, on your mobile phone, tablet and I uh, know I don't, uh, I'm not a spokesman for Feedly, but it's a wonderful way to stay abreast of trends uh, in supply chain. Sure, you can get on LinkedIn and, and look around, but this puts it all in one place, one central repository, and it's just a great way to stay plugged in, and speaking of tweeting, or if, you, if you're if you the type that, you know, likes to share stories and articles on social media like LinkedIn, it's, uh, if you want a great place to curate content as well, it's a it's a good source, so just a and I'd say for students out there, uh, those that want to continue to learn and, and stay abreast of what's going on in, in real time, uh, it's a great way to do it.
0: This concludes part one. Be sure to listen to part two as Rodney Apple continues sharing his insight into supply chain careers and career management strategies. Supply Chain is Boring As part of the Supply Chain Now Network, the voice of supply chain. Interested in sponsoring this show or others to help you get your message out? Send a note to Chris at supplychainnow.com. We can also help with world-class supply chain education and certification workshops for you or your team. Thanks for listening. And remember, supply chain is boring.
1: I look at it as uh, just doing uh, incrementally trying to do more as I grow in my career and yeah re- recruiting is kind of the the bread and butter, but, um, I've taken a little bit of a different approach. I'm not unique, but, uh, when you truly are out there to help people help solve problems, um, versus looking at people, a lot of recruiters do is a dollar signs on their back. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it, it just goes a long way in in and your success and gratitude.